Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for May the 10th. What is going on, guys? If you are new to the show, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is the morning show that is live every single weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time to go over the hottest gaming news of the day that you need to know to get started on your day so that you can get prepared to take in all the new information that we'll then go over on the next day's episode of Caffeinate. Uh, But We have a ton of news to go over today. It's going to be a very exciting show. We've got some E3 coverage. I'm rolling up the sleeves, getting ready to dive into it. Um, This is more stories than I think I've ever done on an episode of Caffeine. I might be wrong about that, but I've got about 9 or 10. Uh, It's it's a beefy one. Uh, Yesterday was beefy. This one's meaty. Let's call it a meaty episode. Uh, But of course, for those that have never heard of the show before, please follow me on Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy to know when it goes live. If you are into the world of gaming, if you want to get into the world of gaming, if you want to know everything about uh, what is happening within the gaming industry, by all means, go ahead and jump on in there. And I would love to see you back for listening on podcast services. Thanks for taking the time to check out the show. Uh, But without further ado... I suppose. We'll go ahead and jump right on into it. Starting off the day with news about Xbox and PlayStation, specifically Xbox One sales figures. Um, for those that don't know what, what the history is with this story, uh, Xbox and Microsoft, Microsoft obviously owns Xbox. They're the guys that make Xbox. They stopped sharing sales figures for the Xbox One about four years ago. And so we've never really been able to tell exactly how the console has been performing in comparison to its direct competition, which is the PlayStation 4, until now, sort of. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and dive into it. Uh, updated Microsoft sold about 30 million Xbox One consoles by the end of 2017 compared to the 73 million plus PlayStation sold during roughly the same time period, according to numbers released by EA Chief Financial Officer Blake Jorgensen. In a statement sent to Variety, Microsoft said those sales numbers were inaccurate, but declined to say how they were inaccurate or by how much. These projections are inaccurate, a spokesperson told Variety. Regardless, we are focused on delivering amazing gaming experiences to players on all devices, and engagement is our major or our measure of progress. We just announced a record start of the year with Xbox Live monthly active users up 13% to 59 million. Uh, the the split between Xbox 360 and Xbox One still undefined. Uh, the numbers were released during an earnings call earlier this week and require a slight bit of math and digging to reveal Microsoft's Xbox sales numbers, something Microsoft itself hasn't been talking about now for nearly four years. While discussing the overall state of the game industry the EA uh, and EA's expectations for the coming year, Jorgensen went over the expectations the company has for Microsoft and Sony console sales and what sold last year. Turning our expectations for fiscal 2019, we expect sales of current generation consoles from Microsoft Microsoft and Sony uh, to continue to be strong. With the install base growing to 130 million consoles by the end of the year uh, 2018 from 103 million at the end of uh, calendar 2017, he said. Uh, while he didn't break down the split between the two companies, this is the important part here, it's not hard to figure that out. In January, PlayStation announced its worldwide sales as of the end of 2017. The PS4 has now cumulatively, God, I hate that word, uh, sold through more than 73.6 million units globally as of December 31st, 2017, uh, which leaves 29 9.4 million Xbox Ones to fill the gap between Sony's announced 73.6 and what the common it was, 103. So, uh, that's pretty much the gist of the story, rather. Uh, we have, in general, about 30 million Xbox One consoles that have been sold as of the end of last year. 
That's bad. That's essentially a two to one. A two to one disparity between the sales of the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. There are two PlayStation 4 sold for every Xbox One sold. Now, that being said, 30 million is still a, a big, big number. Uh, but considering that it was Microsoft's flagship console for this generation, this is a big, big hit because, I mean, they didn't say by how much these figures were off, but essentially, I mean, can't be off by that much if, if these are the official figures. So, um, that is. Uh, quite the story there. Something that I found to be very shocking. I thought that, I thought that it would at least be if if Sony had sold seventy, what was it, seventy three point six million. I would say that maybe the Xbox One had sold fifty million at least, maybe fifty five million. But thirty million, somewhere in the ballpark of thirty million, that is ridiculously low considering Xbox 360 sales, considering uh, Microsoft's potential that they have going into the market. The, the fact that Halo and Gears of War and uh, and other Xbox exclusives are big, big titles still. It just blows my mind. Uh, with that being said, though, there were a lot of uh, a lot of misfires uh, towards the beginning of the generation with the the marketing around the Connect. Uh, there was an issue with that. There were a lot of issues around the fact that there aren't that many exclusives on the console. I mean, like I said, you've got Xbox uh, with with Halo and and Gears of War, but outside of that. You know, you've got Sea of Thieves, you've got a a Quantum Break was one of them, you've got Rise, Son of Rome, Uh, I'm trying to think, Rare Replay, like there's been a couple of of notable hits, but really there are no Uncharted's, there are no, well, there used to be Tomb Raider, but then that came over to PlayStation 4, Um, but there are no like big driving home, this is the one that you need to play when you get a PlayStation or an Xbox One, that you don't have that, but you have that on the other consoles. Uh, it's it's a very a very tight situation that they're in right now, trying to figure out exactly what needs to happen uh, to really guarantee that the Xbox One maintains at least some upward momentum that it's seen over the course of the past few months. Um, I feel like whenever we're looking back on the Xbox One generation, whenever whenever we're looking back in a retrospective kind of way, and we're and we're taking in the entire generation as a whole, there's going to be a lot of technological innovation on the side of Xbox this year or in this generation, because you have stuff like Game Pass, you have stuff uh, like the betterment of Xbox Live Gold and the solidification of its back-end services. There's a lot that Xbox is doing right, but as far as just giving gamers the experiences that they're expecting and the experiences that they deserve, that's where they need to work on it. You know, that's where they need to really bring their A-game next generation. Forget about, you know... The original marketing and making the Xbox One your go-to thing for all of your entertainment. Forget about that. Everybody wants to play freaking games. We want video games. So focus on the video games and and just make the best experiences happen on the Xbox and make it to where everybody's got to have an Xbox to have the best experiences. Or you can do what they're doing now and just make it to where you can either have an Xbox One or, or you can have a PC. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. I mean, Microsoft's a PC company, too. Let's let's go, baby. I'm down for a PC-oriented future because, man, do I love playing games on my computer. But um, around $30 million for for the Xbox One. Very small numbers, but very big news. Moving on to the next story of the day. Rage 2 and more games possibly leaked before E3, but Bethesda takes it surprisingly well. It may or may not be real, but Bethesda's not taking the usual approach. E3 2018 will undoubtedly bring a with it a variety of surprise game announcements, but a number of those may have been leaked by Walmart Canada's website. 
sends deleted listings for numerous unannounced games, some expected like Borderlands 3 and others seemingly wrong, uh, like Forza Horizons 5, uh, have been published on the website as noticed by Wario64, but so far only one of those has led to a response from the corresponding game's official Twitter account. One game listed on Walmart's website, despite not having been officially announced, is Rage 2. I'm excited about this. Uh, whenever these kinds of listings happen, it, be it accurate or not, publishers tend to stay relatively quiet, offering nothing more than a carbon copy statement about not commenting on rumors or speculation. Rage's official Twitter account had a different take. Uh, hey, at Walmart Canada, here are a few notes. And then they posted this picture, which I think I should be able to pull up here, uh, which is essentially an edited version of the website where there's incorrect key art, the, the wrong font, not in all caps, uh, then there's a big anarchy symbol, all but confirming the existence of Rage 2, which was kind of a shocking approach, I must say. Uh, yes, the official Twitter account was not only acknowledged the leak, has not only acknowledged League, but it's offered Walmart some friendly advice on the page's errors, but it's even replaced its profile picture and banner to match. Publisher Bethesda's Twitter account also chimed in with a tweet simply saying, quote, dude, and Pete Hines, Bethesda's marketing boss, responded to that with one tweet before also chipping in with another that says, this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, none of this outright states the Rage 2 is real. It's real. Uh, but it's an unusual but welcome tact. If it is indeed one of the announcements Bethesda plans to make at its E3 press conference on June the 10th, it might as well take advantage and pick up some free Twitter followers by endearing itself to fans in the process. That's the way you do it in 2018. The Walmart leak also purports to reveal numerous other games. There's a new Splinter Cell, which has been teased. Borderlands 3, strongly believed to be in the works. Gears of War 5, Assassin's Creed. That one's shocking to me. Just Cause 4, Dragon Quest 2. Ew. And uh, other feature either typos such as Lego DC Villains being spelled as V-I-L-L-A-N-S and Forza Horizons 5 instead of Forza Horizon 5 and also we don't even have Forza Horizon 4 yet. That's an interesting one. Retailer leaks have certainly proven to be accurate in the past, but they're not by any means a guaranteed source of information. This might all prove to be a letdown when none of it is announced at E3, but at least Rage's community management team found a way to have some fun with it. Uh, so what's going to be happening at, uh, at Bethesda's E3 conference is that we are going to be seeing Rage 2 because it is simply time for Rage 2. Uh, for those that didn't play with the original Rage, uh, I want you to go find a copy on Steam and the Steam Summer Sale whenever it comes up in a couple of weeks uh, for a dirt cheap price, and I want you to play it. I want you to take it all in uh, because, number one, the game's beautiful. It's not by any means the, um, the end-all, be-all of amazing gaming experiences, but when it comes down to it, it's a fantastic title. Uh, however... It's time for that world to come back. Essentially, it was kind of like a post-apocalyptic, mutant-filled wasteland. Uh, think Borderlands-style uh, mutants, but um, but uh, a little bit scarier, a little bit uh, a little bit more tense. Kind of like a Mad Max-style kind of thing almost going on. There was a lot of uh, awesome driving mechanics in that game. A lot of guns. It, it was it was a good time overall. I must admit. So uh, I'm excited to see if Rage Two does end up making a comeback, or if Rage overall makes a comeback. Because I never thought that I would see that game again. To be honest with you, I never thought that I would see that game return to the light of day. Uh, so it's good to see. Glad to hear it. And uh, we'll see what comes on at E3. But um, number one, we're going to be definitely seeing Forza. Horizon 4, that's most certainly coming. Uh, we are probably going to be seeing Just Cause 4, I would say. Uh, Gears of War 5, more than likely. Assassin's Creed, eh, doubtful. Uh, the new Splinter Cell is going to be very exciting. We should be seeing that at... Who is that? Ubisoft? 
Yes, should be seeing that Ubisoft's press conference. Borderlands 3 is going to be uh, the looter shooter that is the Destiny 2 that we deserve. You know, that's going to be the game that we had been expecting, the game that we had been wanting. Uh, That's what is going to be coming with Borderlands 3, so I'm excited about that one. But uh, overall, very hyped up about E3. And it seems like the, uh, the crew over there, Bethesda, is also hyped up as well. Uh, especially now, after all of their games have been outed by Walmart. Uh, so, Walmart Canada, good on you for letting us know what to expect, but uh, a lot of people are very disappointed. A lot of people are very, very disappointed uh, about the um, the lineup of this year's E3, or the supposed lineup of this year's E3, and I can kind of understand it. Uh, these are not, by any means, games that are, uh, you know, breaking the... the you know, fabric of of reality these are not amazing games by any stretch of the imagination but still exciting for uh for some fans of the industry so we'll see how it goes whenever these games are uh are rolled out onto the show floor like a prize pig in just a couple of weeks specifically with bethesda on june the 10th i believe so that'll be interesting to see if rage 2 is in fact there or if it is just nothing at all Moving on to the next story, Days Gone Dev dishes on PS4 Pro enhancements, game length, bike customization, and more. Uh, As revealed yesterday, Game Informer will be focusing on the PS4 exclusive survival game Days Gone this month uh, as their, like, you know, cover story game. Uh, Today, GI posted a video of them grilling Days Gone creative director John Garvin with 157 rapid-fire questions, most of which are a tad silly, although a few interesting things were asked. You can check out a rundown of the important bits of the info revealed below, and I found this list to be very interesting. Uh, for those that don't know what Days Gone is, it's essentially a zombie survival kind of game uh, that we've been seeing the past couple of E3s, but the main draw of this game is that there is just a giant swarm of zombies that attacks you. It is a big-ass group of, of undead, so um, it, it's a technological marvel, really, it truly is. Uh, so um, I am excited to see this game at E3 if we do end up seeing it, but it seems like we might not be seeing a big presence of it. And uh, and the release date, I don't think it's been defined yet. I think this is probably going to be, if it's not this year, uh, yeah, see, it says Shambles on the PS4 sometime in 2019, so um, that's kind of disappointing. But I would say probably fall 2019. I can't imagine this game uh, coming out next year around this time. But we'll see what goes on. Just seems like zombies games, uh, zombie games go better in the fall for some reason. Enemies are called, quote, freakers, not zombies. You can, quote, kind of choose allegiances. You'll learn where the freaker infection came from, but you can't cure it. There's a final boss, and it's a non-infected human. That's, why, why are you telling me these things? Uh, we'll support checkerboard 4K at 30 FPS on PS4 Pro. Damn, that's disappointing. You build up encampments around the game, throughout the game, excuse me. Uh, the biggest urban environment you'll encounter is a town that once held 800 people. It's not very big. There are playable flashbacks. You will only play as Deacon, the main character that we've seen throughout the entire uh, entirety of the history of the uh, of the promotions. Uh, the game is about a four and a half out of five on the game is like Far Cry scale. I like that. The map is initially obscured by the fog of war. Golden Path story completion will take around 30 hours. I almost said 60, but 30 hours. Uh, you can keep playing the game after you beat it like most games. You can customize your bike's paint job, engine muffler, and more. You can't customize your outfit or appearance. That's shocking. Uh, your bike can break down and get lost. You can't pop a wheelie. Boo. Uh, there are points for doing stunts. There are lots of collectibles. You can fast travel. A photo mode is probably happening. I don't know why people love photo mode. Um, 
I, I just, I just, I, I don't get it. No seasons, just different weather patterns. The game will be coming out before The Last of Us Part Two, which is anytime between now and 2025. Uh, don't expect a huge showing of this year's E3. Developed by SEI, Ben Studio, Siphon Filter, Uncharted Golden Abyss, Day is Gone is a post-apocalyptic zombie game featuring a dynamic open world that changes depending on the time of day and weather. Here's how Sony describes the game's story and world. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need to read that. So, Days Gone is going to be coming out in 2019. I'm excited about it. Hold on. Sip a do. Hold on. Uh, but Days Gone is going to be a, um, a big PS4 exclusive. I think it's going to be one of the games that, uh, that really does, uh, shine and show the, um, and show the overall technical achievement of what the PS4 is capable of. So I'm excited to um, hear more about it at this year's E3. I'm excited to find out a definitive release date. But um, if it's coming up before The Last of Us Part 2, I would say it's definitely going to be 2019, which might put The Last of Us 2 in 2020, maybe. Uh, it might be 2021. We'll see how it goes. But I'm very excited to see uh, what happens with this game. But uh, a 4.5 out of 5 on the Far Cry scale. I can I can I can deal with that. That's pretty good. A pretty good ratio. Moving on to the next story coming to us from Games Radar Plus. God of War's impressive and hilarious photo mode is out today. Uh, God of War's photo mode is out today, arriving two and a half weeks after the launch of a, in an update 1.20. Players can use the special mode to make their own images using a variety of powerful in-game tools. Once you download and install the update, you can access photo mode from the options menu. You can also enable a touchpad shortcut uh, to photo mode in the settings. Uh, so essentially, this makes you. Uh, capable of, of doing funny poses with Kratos is, is pretty much what you've got. And you can change their facial expressions. You can make Kratos smile. Uh, you can do all these things that you're seeing here on the screen, uh, probably. Uh, yes, you uh, you can um, you can do all these various, various uh, photo poses and whatnot. It's okay. You know, like I said, uh, whenever the they asked the Days Gone guy if you could do a photo mode, I don't know what the draw for this is. I mean, I guess... If it's one of those scenarios where you like to share things on Twitter or you like to share things with your grandmother on Facebook, I guess you can show off your, uh, you know, your sweet God of War poses or when Days Gone comes out, your sweet giant zombie horde, freak or horde, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I, I guess that's cool. But for me, it's just it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't really it doesn't bring any kind of value that I really necessarily necessarily excuse me uh, needed. So um, if you are into this kind of thing, by all means, check out God of War's new photo mode, which has been added with the 1.2 update. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty scary, right? Look at Kratos there. He's got like two lazy eyes going up. Ooh looks weird. Moving on to the next story that I added literally 10 minutes before we began. SNA, yeah, SNA, SNK Neo Geo Mini officially revealed will contain 40 games. Uh, this is coming to us from Destructoid's Chris Moyes. The future is now, then, and forever. SNA, SNA, why do I keep saying SNA? SNK have revealed details on their upcoming retro device, the Neo Geo Mini. As expected, it is intended, indeed, excuse me, the console that was leaked just before the weekend and replicates the MVS cabinets that filled many an arcade room in the 1990s. Uh, also, Ducky, hello, how are you? Uh, the unit stands a little over 6 inches tall and 5 inches wide. The control panel features a classic joystick and an ABCD button layout, although the buttons are stacked rather than aligned. You can play all of its classic built-in games on the Mini's 3.5-inch LCD screen or you can connect the device to a TV through HDMI. Thank God because I do not want to be playing uh, this thing on a 3.5 inch LCD. 
Uh, there are USB ports, which uh, connect to external controllers, which, according to the rumors last week, are designed in the style of a Neo Geo CD pad of yesteryear. Uh, the Mini also houses a headphone jack. There will be two variations of the Neo Geo Mini to reflect the differing MVS cabinet designs in Japan and overseas. Although SNK have not revealed an official list of the 40 games housed within the Dinky unit, these two have uh, may have already been revealed, including obvious titles such as Samurai Showdown 2, King of Fighters 98, Metal Slug, Real Bout 2, The Newcomers, and Gerau, Mark of the Wolves. I probably said that incorrectly, but it is what it is. SNK are yet to announce a date or release price for the Neo Geo Mini. Do we need this? Do I truly need this? It's a Neo Geo... It's six inches tall, people. Does this look like it's going to be a fun experience? Okay, so when it comes down to it, uh, much like the NES Classic Mini, much like the uh, the SNES Mini, uh, when it when it comes down to something like the Neo Geo Mini, it's all about the fact that when someone comes over to your house, they can say, "Oh my God, is that a miniature Neo Geo?" And you can say, "Yes." Yes, it is. Would you like to play Metal Slug? That's the draw of this, you know. That's the uh, the overall uh, beauty of what this is bringing to the table. Uh, I do like the fact that you can plug it in via HDMI to your television. I think that adds a lot of value to it. I like the fact that you can also add an external controller via USB input. I think that is a fantastic um, a fantastic addition to the way that this thing functions. Uh, however, will I be buying one? It ultimately depends on the price. If this is around forty bucks, hell yeah. If this is around 40 bucks, I'll get three and and just save them for when they're collectible. I will totally be down for that. Uh, but that's what I love about this generation of games is that um, there are so many weird little quirks. There are so many weird little additions and little, uh, little features uh, that you never really truly expect to see. Like, who would have thought you'd be getting a Neo Geo Mini in 2018? What? What even would that have been five years ago? But now we have the advent of the NES Classic Edition. You have the 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 SNES. You have the uh, the new little small miniature consoles that are starting to make their way up because of what Nintendo has done. Uh, it's very cool to see. So um, I'm glad that games are being remembered. I'm glad that games are being solidified as part of history uh, thanks to these miniature consoles. Even if it isn't uh, you know something that's going to sell incredibly well, I think it's very cool because it. Um, it kind of is a uh, you know a memorial to what you're getting with um with uh with with all these classic games. Also, Meg in the chat, hello, how are you? Uh, but yes, it's going to be uh pretty cool to see. I don't know how much it's going to cost. Like I said, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. But um, but cool stuff. You know, I can't really complain that much. I'm excited to see what goes on. Uh, moving on to the next story, Sony updates warranty terms following the FTC's warning. Sony has updated the terms of its warranty for all of the PlayStation systems sold in the U.S. and Canada today. Not like sold today, but the ones that have come out previously. Uh, following a warning issued by the FTC over a 1957 law that governs that companies can and can't include uh, their manufacturer warranties. Uh, if this sounds familiar, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft were three of six companies to receive warning letters last month, indicating a 30-day turnaround to remove language that implicitly states or implies warranty coverage is conditioned on the use of specific parts of services. Essentially, taking all of that technical mumbo-jumbo away, you can now open up your PlayStation 4 without fear of it being voided and unable to be repaired. So essentially, if you want to open it up and try to... Uh, try to take out the hard drive or whatever, obviously there are going to be some limitations here, but just opening up the console isn't going to void your warranty anymore. 
uh, just opening up the console is not going to be avoiding your warranty anymore. So uh, that's a good thing for those that are uh, for those that are big fans of uh, of opening up their PlayStation 4s or any other kind of Nintendo or Microsoft console and and checking out and seeing what the insides look like. Uh, I personally have opened up my PlayStation 4 and put a new hard drive in, uh, so that turned out to be a fantastic investment. It sped up my console. It has uh, improved the overall amount of. Um, Amounts of space in my console, it's fantastic. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big, uh, a big proponent of doing whatever you want to do with the console that you bought because it's your money. Uh, you know, as JG Wentworth says, uh, it's, it's your cash, uh, or whatever you want to call it, the commercials. Uh, but yeah, so you can now open it and, uh, and yeah, Sony has updated their stuff to comply with the FTC. Good, good stuff on their part. Uh, so this applies to the PlayStation 4, PS3, PS Vita, and PS VR. Uh, so if you have any of those, you can now, uh, you know, use it a little bit more leniently, uh, leniency, whatever you want to call it with the, um, with the overall vibe and, uh, and see if you want to crack that puppy open. If you'd like moving on to the next story, valves, free steam link app will make your entire steam library playable on iOS and Android devices coming to us from IGN, uh, over there with Tom Marks valve has announced two free mobile apps that will allow you to play any game or video in your steam library with any supported iOS or Android device. The steam link app, which is slated to release the week of May 21st will work similarly to the physical steam link device. It will allow you to run games on your PC that you can then stream and play on your device using the app. As long as the host PC is connected either to a five gigahertz net giga heights, gigahertz network or plugged in with an ethernet cable uh, how you will actually control those games is a different question altogether although steam's big picture mode already has a history of allowing controls to be highly customizable in games that otherwise don't support it uh, the steam link apple use uh, will support the use of a steam controller in the mfi controllers and you'll likely need to use something similar as most games won't have a native uh, support for touch control uh, later this summer, Valve will also be releasing the Steam Video app, uh, which extends a similar service to Steam's library of TV shows and movies. Uh, this will include the ability to watch this content in offline mode. I don't know who watches movies and TV shows via Steam. I don't. Like, just watch Netflix like a normal man. But um, also, pretty cool, I guess. You know, I like the idea of being able to play my entire Steam library on my phone. That's very neat. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I, I don't need it, uh, especially whenever I have to connect a Bluetooth controller to my phone. That's a big hassle that I don't necessarily need when I'm, you know, taking a dump at a McDonald's. I, I That's when I play games. I'm not going to be playing games on my phone anywhere else. Um, even if I go on vacation, I, 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 I won't. Like, I, I just simply won't. It's a big hassle. So who's going to be using this? I guess hardcore Steam users. Um, obviously this is going to try and get the PC market to compete with the likes of the Nintendo switch, which is, um, which is a big order, you know, that's a, that's a big attempt. So, um, so that's some exciting stuff, but, uh, but overall I'm going to be intrigued to see how this actually pans out for them. I don't know that it will be that great. Uh, overall, I think that, um, I think that especially the Steam video app is going to be one of those things where it's like, why did you develop this? Who needs this? But, um, obviously the better your internet connection, uh, the better off your experience will be. So if you have a very slow connection, then you're probably not going to be able to play, uh, games and the quality and the way that you would like to be playing games. But if you do have a pretty good connection, a five gigahertz connection, uh, and, or a ethernet cable, uh, to your PC, then by all means you should be able to do this. So, um, 
I mean, I'll probably download the app, give it a shot. I have both of my PCs connected to Ethernet, uh, so I don't see why not. Uh, but the way this works is essentially it uses your computer's GPU uh, and and your power on your hardware end, and then it transmits everything over to your phone instead of your phone doing all of the back-end work. So it's kind of like cloud computing technology sort of stuff, uh, to my knowledge. But um, if you don't have a Steam link, it's also one of those things where if you play a lot of PC games and you like couch gaming, then you might want to get one of these. Uh, you can generally get it for around 5 bucks in the Steam sale. And, um, and yeah, you pretty much just plug it into your TV and boom, shock, lock, you're good to go. Uh, very exciting stuff. So we will see how that ends up going. But uh, but yeah, May 21st or the week of May 21st, you can check out that Steam Link app on your supported Android or iOS device. Moving on to the next story coming to us uh, from PC Gamer, also related to Steam games. Graphics cards are in stock. The GTX 10 series drought ending. Cards are now widely available at MSRP. Uh, so for those that are... Um, our uh, first hearing word of this, essentially whenever Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies exploded in popularity, uh, the ability to buy a graphics card was restricted to those that were willing to pay two, three, four times the MSRP value uh, of one of the graphics cards. So if you wanted to get a GTX 1080 Ti, uh, that would be probably a shit ton of money. Like, I, I don't know the official figures, but it's a lot of cash. Um now they're getting to the point where I don't know if Bitcoin is dropping off, I don't know if mining is dropping off, or if Nvidia is finally restocking everything, uh, but we're finally getting more of the cards. Uh, earlier today we reported that Nvidia had restocked its site with Founders Edition graphics cards and MSRP with availability for every GeForce GTX 10 series SKU. Well, guess what? It's not just those vanilla cards that are back to normal prices today. So are the custom cool cards by Nvidia's hardware partners and all across the web. That's right, the drought appears to be over, at least for the time being. In fact, NVIDIA hinted as much in an email we received announcing that cards are now back in stock with links to a bunch of retail listings outside of NVIDIA's own web store. Uh, this is the first time since the shortage began that NVIDIA has made a point to call out third-party availability. Uh, so now, essentially, you can get a GTX 1080 Mini for 540 Fantastic price as compared to the past two years. Uh, 1080 SC Gaming 550 Generally, between 550 and 580 I'm seeing a 1060 for 240 Damn. All right, it's only got three gigs of VRAM, but hey, I mean, 10 sig. If you're looking for an entry level build, hell yeah, let's get it. Um, there's some good stuff here. So, um, if you have been waiting to buy a graphics card, by all means, dig into this deal. Uh, dig into them while you have the chance. But, but for 550 for a for a even 580. Where was the 580? A GT 1080 Windforce OC overclock car. Ooh, hell yes. Like this, these are pretty good deals right here. So, um, so I'm excited to uh. I'm excited to hear more about this. I would love to see the the overall drought because of Bitcoin come to an end. Uh, that would be great. Uh, but the final story of the day, the Red Sox play a lot of Fortnite and have to remind themselves to eat. But Fortnite has nothing to do with David Price's minor injury manager says, sure, sure. Uh, this is coming to us from GameSpot's Eddie McCug over there. Eddie. Uh, like pretty much everyone else on the planet right now, members of Major League Baseball's Boston Red Sox play a lot of Fortnite. A new piece of Jen McCaffrey. Uh, at the Atlantic, shines a light, a new piece from, not of, uh, shines a light on just how popular the game is among the team. Red Sox pitcher David Pierce gave an example of how committed the team is to Fortnite. Quote, let's say we get back at 11 p.m. from a game. We'll play until 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m., 2 a.m., depending on what time our game is the next day. Price, who signed a seven-year, $217 million contract with the Sox in 2015, uh, said in the piece, which is behind a paywall, according to NESM. Yeah, I tried to get the original piece, but it's like you have to pay for it. I'm not paying. 
Uh, Price added that he and other teammates are also so wrapped up in Fortnite uh, that they have to remind themselves to eat. We have to make sure, all right, we've got to eat. Let's take 30 minutes, eat some lunch. I'll see you back in 30. But you can't lose track of time whenever you're playing it. According, you can. Uh, According to McCafferty, or McCaffrey, a good number of Red Sox players enjoy Fortnite. In addition to Price, Heath Hembry, Craig Krimble, Kimbrell, Chris Sale, Eduardo Rodriguez, Xander Bogertz, Matt Barnes, Joe Kelly, J.D. Martinez, and Carson Smith all play the unthinkably popular Battle Royale game. I've never heard of these people. Uh, according to Hembry, uh, Carson Smith is the strongest Fortnite player. The teammates often play squads, and Smith, that's so badass, and Smith leads the way. We play teams of four, so we try to make our Carsons, um, make sure Carson's on our team. Oh, fellow is leading, he'll win us battles. Hembry explained Carson kind of takes over every game. I wonder what they play on. Uh, another interesting element of the story is that Price, one of Red Sox's best pitchers, missed his start against New York Yankees this week due to a minor carpal tunnel syndrome. Oh, my God. Uh, some are suggesting his gaming might be to blame, but Red Sox manager Alex Cora doesn't think so. You might you might be wrong about that. If the Red Sox were struggling, stories about their gaming habits might not go over so well, but the team has a record of 25-10, to 10, which is good for a share of the best record in baseball as of May 9th. Uh, so... Even the Red Sox are playing Fortnite. Don't feel too bad if you're playing 24-7 because you are not alone. You are in good company. Uh, but that wraps it up for today's episode of Cavanaugh. Over in the chat, uh, Mig said, I am good. How are you? I am fantastic. I am sorry that I cannot read the chat during this, but it is an official podcast. So, you know, I can't just do it like a regular live stream, unfortunately. But Decky also said, didn't expect the Malaysian election to blow up globally. A 92-year-old former Prime Minister, the fourth, re-elected as the seventh. I saw that, and... I, d- I don't know how I feel about that. I will have to talk about that later, but it's like one of those situations where uh, he's a very old man, so I don't know how well he'll govern, but uh, if he's not corrupt, then hey, sure, why not? At least we don't have some kind of corrupt uh, orange demon. But uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode of Cavanaugh. If you did, uh, drop me a like down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on a podcast service, be sure to drop me a rating. And, uh, and, uh, you know, if you're on Anchor, then by all means, favor the podcast, drop me some applause if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, but on top of that, you can always catch me live streaming on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams links for everything will be in the description box down below, uh, for Twitch, for Mixer, for Twitter, for Instagram, whatever you might want to find me on. Uh, you can always find me over there and enjoy that if you do. Uh, but as for right now, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the day. Tomorrow is casual Friday, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. And I will catch you, uh, pretty soon but enjoy the rest of your thursday i love you very much and i will speak with you later peace